Hello and welcome to the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast, another episode. Sally here just to introduce the amazing guest who you will hear very shortly on this special episode, all about personal growth and getting out of your comfort zone. So the guest is a woman by the name of Haley Ablett. And Haley is someone who I met a few years ago at a meetup event in Sydney. Now, for those of you that don't know what meetup is, it's this global app that connects like-minded individuals with each other. So you can have meetups for anything. People have book clubs through it. I've gone to a few writers group meetups. Um, It's a really great platform if you're wanting to meet some new people and meet people that have similar interests to you. I highly recommend downloading the app. Yeah, so I met Haley a few years ago at this event and she was one of those people who when you meet, you instantly feel like you've known them your whole life. And I love when you have those connections with people. In the time since I met Haley a few years ago, I've only hung out with her a few times, but every time I see her, we are on the same level. We have these deep and thoughtful conversations and everyone knows I love those kind of chats And I thought she'd be a great guest for the podcast. Haley and one of her best friends came up with this concept called the growth zone, where it's all about challenging yourself and taking risks, obviously getting out of your comfort zones. And what they did was 100 challenges in the space of 100 days. So every day they had a new challenge or risk that they had to take. And in the episode, Haley and I discuss what that was like what outcomes she wanted to achieve from that and ultimately what she learned from that. So it's a really great episode if you're looking to do a bit of self-reflection and think about how you can improve yourself or work on some of the fears that you have. I know it's already got me thinking of some of the fears I have even in the episode I touch on the fact that I'm a little bit scared of heights and that's one of the examples Haley uses where it's like, Am I really scared of heights or is there something deeper there that I haven't tapped into yet? So I'm going to stop rambling and let you get into this episode. I can't wait for you to hear this chat. Haley is super inspirational. She's very honest and real and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to another episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. On today's ep, I am joined by Haley Ablett, who is on a journey of personal growth and development and loves to push herself to take risks. So Haley's movement, The Growth Zone, is all about getting outside of your comforts and daring to do things you wouldn't normally consider. So I can't wait to pick her brain and share her journey with you. So welcome, Haley. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. Excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us about yourself and a bit about your journey of personal growth and development. Well, for me, uh, it's actually an interesting one because I look back to when I was a child, like go that far back, Mm -hmm. and I was really outgoing and adventurous and, you know, the fear of life wasn't in me when I was a child. So I'd climb trees and and, um, you know, do a lot of camping, bushwalking, uh, be on edges of cliffs and all of these kinds of things uh, and wasn't afraid. But it was when I was a young teenager that everything started to change and I ended up having severe depression like clinical depression and uh, that went all through my teen years and I started 
feeling afraid and not really knowing why. It was just, you know, I was so fearful mm. of the world around me and also hating on the world around me, not really understanding the world and what was happening and kind of adopted this victim mentality really in my early to late teens and then early 20s uh, had a few really traumatic experiences actually and uh, ended up with acute anxiety PTSD and you know and that's where everything really really came to a head and I thought okay life is scary like Mm -hmm. I'm literally afraid of everything And I guess some of the reasons were good reasons, you know, Um, and some of them I didn't understand. Like, why am I afraid of heights, for example? Where did that come from when I was a kid? No issue whatsoever. And it wasn't until I became 30 and in my early 30s I started to challenge it and I thought, hold on, okay, I don't even think half of these fears are my own. Mm. What can I do about it? And so I started challenging my beliefs and my thoughts and my feelings and I thought, okay, if I'm afraid of heights, I want to see if I really am or if Mm. that's a fear that I developed from my dad, for example, because I know when we would go bushwalking as a child, he would would just suddenly freeze when we were over exposed areas. Right, okay. And I never understood why. And my parents would say he had a headache or something. And I just – but I remember observing Mm. that and thinking what's going on but having no connection to that's anxiety, that's panic, uh, and he's actually afraid of heights. And then I developed that and I thought, okay, is this mine or is this his Mm. from when I was a child and observed that? And I wanted to challenge it. So it was those kinds of thoughts that I started thinking, uh, okay, if this isn't mine, what can I do about it? Am I really afraid? And the only way to find out was to actually do something about it and, and test myself and put myself in those situations and, you know, give myself my own exposure therapy Mm. in a way and it sounds extreme but I started very small and um and just led up to it but that's essentially what happened was in my 30s I thought okay I know I'm being held back by so many things I'm afraid of but am I really genuinely afraid of these things or Mm. can I do something so that's where it all began you know early 30s it wasn't that long ago uh and since then there's just been for me, exponential growth in challenging these fears just to figure out what's mine, what isn't mine Mm. and what I can do about it. So, yeah, that's been my journey. That's really interesting because, like, as you said, you know, when you're a kid, you would, you know, climb things and jump off things and whatever. Um, And now I'm even thinking about the fact that I am a little bit scared of heights Mm. and now I'm like, am I really or is it because – you know, my, one of my grandmothers was really scared of heights and I was told that a lot as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think back to when I was really little, I wasn't all that scared of heights. So it's amazing how if you start, you know, digging deeper, like mm. what is that actually about? Yeah. Um, so can you tell us more about the growth zone and what it aims to do? So this movement that you've got going on. Yeah, so the growth zone actually came about because I set myself a, a goal, a personal goal, and I wanted to know if it was a year in particular, I wanted to know what I was truly capable of. And in order to do that, I uh, I had to find something measurable. Mm. So I thought, okay, it's not a smart goal. How do I figure out what I'm truly capable of? And this was all about challenging these fears as well. So it was very specific. And I actually had a conversation with a friend about it and we came up with the idea of, well, why don't you do a comfort zone challenge where you can actually create a structure of say 100 days 
of mm. seeking discomfort, of challenging these fears, of doing things that scare me, mm. uh, because that would be a really good way to actually measure what I can and can't do. And I thought that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I actually also remember in that moment, I I experienced this panic because mm. my first thought was, oh my god, that means I'm going to have to skydive. <laughs> <laughs> And you because did, didn't you? I did. Yes. And I, but I was terrified, even in that conversation, yeah. thinking, okay, facing fears. Well, number one on my list would be skydiving. Yeah. You know? And um, so it, the growth zone was actually born out of a conversation over dinner. And, yeah. and I loved that. I loved that it wasn't this huge, you know, philosophical, oh, I have to do this. It was, you know, I really want to know what I'm capable of. I'm not sure how to measure it. Yeah. <laughs> and and the growth zone was born. And so the structure of that became a 100-day comfort zone challenge where for 30 days I would seek rejection, so very specific challenges, approaching strangers mostly, yeah. uh, being told no and understanding that that's actually okay, don't take it personally. Mm. And then the next 30 days were very action-specific, so exploring my fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last 30 days were uh, paying it forward, so uh, random acts of kindness because I think often it's really easy to be able to give to friends and family, mm. but what about people who are strangers? What about yeah. people you don't know? You know, how can you give to them? And that was actually quite challenging, surprisingly, because I love giving, mm. but that specific challenge where you had to approach strangers to give them something or do something nice for them uh, had a d- whole different element to it. Mm. And there was actually a lot of fear that came up for me in that, so that was really interesting. And so that was the first 90 days and then the last 10 were combinations of all three of those phases, which were the really, really big ones. So in those last 10 days, I skydived and I I stayed in a haunted house because I'm actually afraid of ghosts, like slept overnight in Australia's most haunted house. I was terrified. Oh my God, what house is that? Uh, It's in Junee. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, (laughs) I know the one you're talking about because I have listened, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, but a lot of stuff that's local. Oh, what is it called? Monte Cristo? Yes, that's it. Oh, <laughs> <there>. that scares <laughs> the shit out of me. <laughs> well, another challenge for you, perhaps. Hey. <laughs> I'll go again. Cool. Um, and yeah, and so that that was basically the structure of the challenge and the growth zone came out of, okay, I've actually had this experience myself and I understand how much growth is possible when you can test what you're truly capable of. And And I realized it's all about changing our relationship with our fears. Mm. And that's essentially what I did. And, you know, I still experience fear. I don't believe you can actually eradicate a fear. No. Um, You can't technically overcome a fear, but you can get a lot better at managing fear uh, and how to act in the face of fear. And that's essentially what happened with the growth zone. And that's what I'm so, so passionate about now with other people is, okay, I've had this experience, I've put myself to the test, you know, conducted my own little life experiment on myself and now I want to be able to give that to other people and show them what's possible for them as well. Yeah. How did you stay motivated throughout those 100 days? Because I feel like I would struggle. It was really, yeah, well, it helped. Uh, I had my best friend completing the challenges mm. with me and we actually had a really severe accountability punishment if we didn't <laughs> if we didn't do the challenges. And I think that was very motivating, um, particularly for him. He pointed out he wouldn't have done a bunch of them if we didn't have this in place. And 
it was essentially if you don't actually complete one challenge per day, mm. you have to pay the other person $1,000. So it was really, really <laughs> extreme. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, I get that. It's it's a bit uh, misaligned with the growth zone, but mm. we, we actually stay in touch and we have accountability, daily accountability with each other. And we do have severe punishments for not actually doing the mm. work and it works really well for us because you're either driven by reward or punishment. Yeah. And for us, it's punishment. And we don't see it as uh, something that's really painful in the sense of if I don't get this done, this is going to happen. It's more, well, you know, I don't want that to happen. And my reward is actually getting this work done. Yeah. So it, it worked really well for us. And that's why we completed the 100 days. If I was doing it on my own, it may have been a different story. It's yeah. really hard to be self-motivated, but accountability is absolute key with these kinds of things so definitely helped so cool um so how would you say this journey has brought you joy and happiness in your life yeah the so the pay it forward random acts of kindness phase was something that's so memorable to me because I as I said before I love giving but particularly you know friends and family it's Mm. it's it's within your comfort zone you know you don't often think besides I guess donating to charity which I've done a few times as well it's not something I think we really take the time to think of how can I help someone that's in need as opposed to my friends and family that need something or that might you know really appreciate having done something for them um and so the the pay it forward phase was really, really memorable in that, you know, we we did things like we actually, one of the highlights for me was taking a homeless man to dinner. And oh. that was a phenomenal experience because it didn't actually occur the way that I thought. So I, I was thinking, you know, and I, I'm also very aware that stereotypes exist and it's really easy to fall into that trap of, you know, um, this man might be dangerous and I understand that there's a lot of stigma attached and I experienced that myself thinking, is this the safest thing to do? But, you know, uh, especially as a woman and taking a, a man to dinner, but I did have my friend with me. So uh, being a male uh, definitely felt safe in this respect because I don't condone doing dangerous things, that's mm. for sure. Uh, you know, always within the limits of safety and so we, we took this man to dinner and I was just bewildered by the fact that he sat there and had, it was all you can eat dinner. He had mm. two pieces of pizza, two slices. And I actually asked him halfway through, I was like, aren't you hungry? You know, mm. surely he would be hungry. And, and he said, I'm just so happy to have someone to talk to this, yeah. you know, this doesn't happen. And he actually, he had a phone, I remember, and he said, can I just go outside and call my friend and tell him what's happening right now? Because he was just so yeah. humbled and I was humbled by hearing that. I thought he's going to be hungry. And then, you know, the actual outcome is he was lonely mm. and to be able to provide that to someone was just not what I was expecting. It was mm. an incredible experience. He was a lovely guy. We took a photo with him at the end, um, helped him out a little. He wanted to stay in a hostel that night. And so we fixed him up with that and, yeah, that was one of the most memorable experiences and having that specific structure of random acts of kindness it really helped me to realise what I'm grateful for and how much abundance is in my life. Like that was one thing, you know, to be able to give to others and then to see what you already have as well. You have so much, you can do so much for people. 
if you just take a moment to think about it. Mm. And that has brought me so much happiness through the growth zone. And it, it definitely, I always thought that I was a big giver anyway, mm. but this is next level. <laughs> and, um, and just to see it brings so much happiness to other people um, is just, to me, it made the whole experience worthwhile. So yeah, it was, it was so beautiful to oh, have that. That's amazing. And I think, you know, the lesson in that is you go into something with expectations mm. and then they're completely changed because people need to eat. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> We need to eat. But I think loneliness is, is probably one of the biggest issues that we face in society and as human beings. He just wanted to have a conversation. Which, yeah. yeah, and he's never going to forget that conversation. So <laughs> neither are you. That's amazing. So why would you say it's important for you and for anyone to take risks and to face their fears? I think, and this goes back to what I was saying before about, for me, I realised I don't actually know what I'm afraid of within myself and what's environmental, you know, what I've been grown into almost, mm. or the pressure that I feel from society, you know, am I actually afraid of this? Or is is it a status thing? Is it a significance thing? Is it a rejection thing? You know, all of this. And I think it's so often we fall into the trap of, our limiting beliefs mm. and we believe them to be factual. We believe it to be the truth, you know. Actually, I'm afraid of heights at the end. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's, that's just who that's I am. Just it's who I am. not who you are though. Mm. It's absolutely not who you are. It's something that can be challenged. And for me, that's why it is so important to take risks, you know, calculated risks always. Mm. I'm going to yes. state that again, calculated, <laughs> nothing dangerous. Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> um, but it is so important because – the biggest thing that I actually got out of it, the biggest revelation is I'm capable of so much more than I led myself to believe because of limiting beliefs. Mm. You know, I realized I, wow, I'm holding myself back because I'm afraid and wasn't going to explore that and thought this is going to be my life moving forwards. And I wasn't okay with that. Mm. And taking risks has been the greatest thing I've ever done. Honestly, uh, I've, I've completely changed. I've completely transformed. And I no longer see uh, things that I'm afraid of or, you know, even situations where mm. I do still experience a lot of fear and anxiety, but I don't see it the same anymore. I see it as, okay, what can I do? How can I work with this? Mm. And to be able to actually have that moment and say, how can I work with this instead of running away as fast as I can from that fear mm. has been so impactful and I want to be able to show that to other people mm. that everyone else can do this too you know always within their limits it's never something that if you have this serious paralyzing fear I would never suggest okay do the maximum thing you can right. possibly do to expose mm. yourself now that's really dangerous and that can actually induce trauma mm. so I'm not talking about that but there's always small steps that you can actually start to do to work up to that and mm. And that's why, to me, risk-taking is amazing. And it's to me, I love to live an experimental, experiential life. So if I can take a risk, that's another little experiment. Like, I'm just going to see what the outcome is if I do this. Mm -hmm. And it, you can learn so much about yourself and other people in those moments. So to me, yeah, it's really important. I was just thinking, like, have there been a few of those challenges, you know, in the 100 days that, the outcome wasn't great and you know you kind of 
left that experience feeling maybe a bit flat or just thinking, oh, that didn't work out the way that I had hoped. <laughs> there, there were a couple actually. Uh, there were some in the rejection challenges. Mm. I remember there was one challenge where my friend and I had to ask strangers if we could live with them. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, I mean, we're in the middle of the street just yeah. thinking, okay, that person, go. And I approached a male and actually I think it was two males and a female. Mm. And the male acted as though he didn't understand what I was saying. And then he did and he said, oh, no, sorry, I live with my parents. And I said, okay, <laughs> you know what, that's fair enough. Fair enough. You know, if you don't yeah. have space for me, that's fine. Mm. And I could just sort of palm that one off. And then this woman had just gotten out of an Uber or something and, you know, she was dressed really sophisticated and, um, and she was just walking with – so much confidence mm -hmm. and I even felt afraid going up to her you know and that was interesting mm. because that's clearly triggering insecurities within myself and I walked up to her and I said excuse me uh, could I move in with you do you think I could live with you and she looked at me with this you know it was just this overwhelming judgment <laughs> <laughs> and I was almost like speechless yeah. and wounded like I just felt oh my she what thinks I'm so crazy and who is this, you know, who is this girl approaching me? How dare she? That's what I made it mean in my head. Mm. And I felt that was so brutal because mm. she absolutely said no. But the way that she said it and the way that she looked at me was so painful to me. <laughs> I'm a good person. Yeah. Don't judge me. But that was really interesting to have that experience um, where, you know, by this stage I was getting used to being told no. Mm. But in that moment it was very different for me. Uh, and then there were a few other ones where, you know, even in random acts of kindness, you start to realise why people don't approach strangers. Because, yeah. And I understand that we can be really sceptical and suspicious because in this day and age you very rarely get something for nothing, right? And, you know, we... We did this um, challenge where we went to the airport and we were greeting international travellers to Sydney. We had big signs and we had gift packages and uh, maps and we were just trying to be really friendly oh, and welcoming. So and so many of them were just, no, get away from me. Mm. You know, what is this? But I understand, you know, they've probably had a really long flight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very far from They're anywhere. Like, <laughs> I just want to get home and away from <laughs> society. What is yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can understand that, you know, maybe they were felt bombarded, mm. but there were actually some that uh, were just blown away by the kindness in that act. So that was awesome. But it definitely was kind of painful to have that experience of, no, get away from me. What are you doing? Don't, I don't want to sold anything even though that's not what we were doing so there were some challenges that didn't turn out the way that we had hoped but understandable as well you know yeah. I can really go into the other person's uh, perspective and think okay maybe the timing wasn't the greatest to welcome yeah. international travelers <laughs> maybe we could have welcomed someone else what time of day were you welcoming <laughs> it was them in as the well? evening as well oh, you know not the greatest yeah. yeah if we had have done it again would have changed that yeah but yeah, there, there were lessons learned all through the challenge. It wasn't all, you know, rosy and that was the greatest thing ever. But yeah. that was all part of it too. Yeah. You know, learning how to even cope and to deal with the things that don't go the way that are planned. Mm. That's a huge part of it. That's resilience. What are some of those smaller steps that you would recommend to people looking to get out of their comfort zone more? Yeah, that's definitely something uh, that's really important is to 
understand how to actually follow this process because for me uh, there were – so basically when it was structured, we had a, a green, an orange and a red category. And so – and this was so important. Uh, I didn't realise how important this actually was until we started engaging in these activities. And it was super important because the greens we had categorised as – relatively easy or what we thought would be relatively easy right uh orange was medium level and then red was the hardest challenges we can think of mm. and they were often the really big ones that we didn't want to do that mm. we'd put off or that we'd say left for the last 10 yet. days yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did actually the structure was trying to fit at least a green and orange and a red in the same week oh. But it depended what the red was because mm. for me, I did have a heights related one in there, which mm-hmm. was red because I am very, I was very afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that was really important to see that because I wasn't just going to straight away jump out of a plane, for example. Mm. I had to do things to lead up to that. And so it's all about the advice that I give is knowing that whatever you're truly afraid of, there is always a very first step in actioning Mm -hmm. that you work backwards you never just go okay I'm going to expose you to this go and do it Mm. good luck yeah (laughs) it's absolutely not like that there's a lot of mindset and mental work involved and preparation involved um and if you're if you're not at the right level to be able to deal with the exposure then it's dangerous Mm -hmm. you know that's not what you start with you start with something very very simple Mm -hmm. and you grow accustomed to the exposure and then you can get bigger and bigger and bigger and then you start to get stronger, more mm. resilient every time. And and that's what happened for me with heights. I, I you know, went to a lookout and then I'd approach the edge of somewhere safely, obviously. Yes. Uh, and then I ended up skydiving and I abseiled down a 135-metre building in the city, which was 33 storeys, but that was for charity. So it really helped yeah. to have that accountability behind <laughs> me where I had to fundraise for it mm. and people donated. And I thought, there's no way I can back out of this. I have mm. to do it. But again, I had smaller action steps to lead up to that. And it's the same with rejection. You know, one thing that was really surprising was within the first, I would say 10 days, rejection just became rejection Mm. all of the story and the meaning behind it was removed by about Mm. 10 days in because you end up realizing you're just asking someone a question and they're just saying no yeah that's as simple as it gets (laughs) and it's okay you didn't die you know nothing happened (laughs) you walked away and the very first rejection challenge that I did which was going hard very early but it was more Mm. just to kick off the whole challenge and say to myself, okay, this is what to expect. And that was actually walking up to a random and proposing in the middle of the street, got down on one knee, had a ring in my hand. He was very nice, I have to admit. He was very, very lovely and he laughed and then he introduced himself and, you know, and he did say no. And <laughs> But we, we just had this banter and mm. it, the whole exchange lasted, I don't know, about a minute max. Mm. Uh, but we actually had a conversation and I walked away and everything was okay. And in my head, I just thought, what did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? But I survived yeah. and nothing changed. And I actually, you know, may have made this guy's day because mm. he did say no one's ever approached me like that before. And mm. in my head, I thought, well, I hope not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope this isn't happening on a you, daily. If like. you had, had, I'd be concerned. But um, <laughs> that was really great because it was – it was like quite a large exposure to 
the whole challenge, but it was just knowing that I had the ability to just get it done mm. and and then process afterwards. And that's honestly how a lot of the rejection challenges went. And, and you know, it would be going to a supermarket and, and trying to ask for a vegetable for free because there's no barcode on it and looking absolutely stupid. And I'm, I'm a kind of person that does not like to look stupid. So when I say really dumb things, I just facepalm constantly. Yeah. Hayley, I can't believe I just did that. What the hell was that? And these rejection challenges helped with that because mm. it made me realize actually I don't care mm. I thought I cared but I don't and no one really cares either that's that's the greatest thing is mm. honestly everyone's paying so much attention to themselves that they don't even notice what's happening they don't yeah. care and so why should you care so much and I think we're so afraid that we're being judged mm. all the time um, so those small action steps will really set the structure to getting there to getting to that point where you end up completing your big challenge mm. And you complete it successfully. You get through it because you set everything else up to be able to get there. So it's very slow, small steps that will, to me, that's that's the absolute structure to follow. So how do you foresee the growth zone? I liked the way I wrote this, the growth zone growing unnecessary. <laughs> I did laugh. Uh, in the future. So what do you want this movement to continue to do in the future? I, I'd love to grow it. <laughs> Uh, I would though I would love to turn it into uh, coaching and mentoring which I have done already with the growth zone but on a larger scale so I really do enjoy working one-on-one with people for sure because it it's very it's a very intimate experience we're exploring fear together you know that's so vulnerable and you're so exposed in those moments but to me, that's absolutely necessary to grow. You know, it's it's foundational for growth. And if you're not willing to explore your own vulnerability, you won't get very far, unfortunately. And resilience comes from exposure, putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations. And the growth zone is only just outside of your comfort zone. It's not this you know, unattainable thing where you have to do these huge, huge challenges to get there or actions, take massive action. Yes, you can and you work towards it, but it's not necessary. And so I I do love working one-on-one with people because it really allows me to go deep with them, you know, mm-hmm. and it's very individual because fears are very, very individual. We have common fears, you know, universal fears, absolutely collective fears, but then there'll be things based on your childhood, on your, you know, your um, your environment, everything, your family. And so one-on-one I love, but I would love to actually bring the growth zone into other areas, uh, particularly schools. I would love to introduce it to schools just because I even go back to when I was a teenager and know how much I struggled or through, the, through those years and you know, maybe I wouldn't have been in the right space to look at this kind of thing back then. But if I had have had more self-belief and some kind of guidance and structure in challenging what I was actually thinking, mm. that may have really helped. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I am now and I actually wouldn't change the experience that I've been through because I think it's definitely a testament to my growth now. Uh, but I would love to introduce it into schools because... I think there are so many teens that struggle with, in particular, rejection, mm. huge, huge, huge one, but also just 
knowing who you are. You know, it's definitely a really fragile time of becoming and not knowing who you're becoming or who you want to be. And to have a structure like this of, okay, well, you know, I don't actually know who I am yet or what I want to do, but I I feel that I'm held back and I feel these fears and I don't know what to do with them. Mm. And I think to start early would be phenomenal uh, in terms of growth and understanding the world at an earlier age as well. Uh, And same with organisations, love to bring it to organisations. I think it would be so great for leaders in particular to experience this and, and to really shift their perspective on what they're capable of because we all need these leaders mm. in our lives. We need people that will guide us. Uh, and the the pay it forward part, again, I'm going to refer to because it's just such a beautiful experience. It would be so great if that became more of a focus you know if if people struggle to seek rejection or to explore their fear then the first place they can start is what can I do for another person right now instead you know you could literally walk up to a stranger and give them a compliment or you could call your parents and tell them you love them because that I I actually did that in one of my challenges because I found that uncomfortable Mm. I hardly ever tell my parents I love them but I love them so much Mm. (laughs) Um, and it seems like such a simple thing to say once you've done it like yeah. why don't I say this more but I was so nervous mm. I remember like I didn't know how to even introduce it into conversation yeah. with my mom I just thought what am I even gonna how do I bring this up it's mm. not like me to do this mm. uh and then I said I really love and appreciate you and thank you for everything you've done and and she was even caught off guard like what's wrong with you yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you okay, okay. <laughs> are you gonna tell me something really bad now um but no I think that's so important is the acts of kindness, because it's so easy to become very self-indulgent, self-involved. And it's also just as easy to look externally, look outside of yourself and think, how can I actually bring joy to someone else's life right now? What can I do for someone else? It doesn't have to be about you. And I think the more kindness we offer other people you know the greater the world will be in one of those you know world peace moments yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's really it's so contagious it's true. kindness is contagious mm. so that's something that I really want to focus on as well with the growth zone amazing big plans mm. yeah <laughs> so I always like to get the guests to sum up a topic that we've spoken about so how do you love the shit out of personal growth Well, I'm just going to throw in my motto in life now, (laughs) which is I, and I've mentioned this already, but I do, my motto is to live an experimental, experiential life. So I'm, I'm literally just experimenting in my life constantly. And the only way to do that is through experience. And that's, that's honestly how I love the shit out of life is put myself through Uh, experiences Mm -hmm. and to seize opportunities within reason it's never I'm just going to randomly do this thing just because there's always an outcome that Mm -hmm. I'm focused on always always. that's so important there's a thinking behind it there has to be a reason for it if there's no outcome what's the point you're actually just wasting time Mm -hmm. and there can be moments where you just think I'm just want to see what will happen if I do that Mm -hmm. absolutely fine but if you don't have a specific outcome in the long term you're you're honestly just doing random things for no particular reason um so, yeah, to me it's really important is to just have the experience, experiment and have an outcome. What other things do you love the shit out of in your life? Uh, for me, I am an avid reader. Absolutely love reading. Uh, and I guess that's also growth zone related because 
I've consumed so much content, reading, podcast, you know, all of the standard personal development mm. things you would expect. But I mean, how many of us actually consume that and do nothing afterwards? Mm. We, it's just knowledge, you know, it just stays. Well, half of it we don't even retain or the majority we don't even retain. Mm. So for me, I actually like to implement what I read now as well and think, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to try that and see what happens again, you know, um, experimenting. But with an outcome is these people are experts in their field. Mm. So I'm going to apply this and see how this might work for me in my life. Um, but then also on the side, I absolutely, I'm so passionate about training. So I love the shit out of training. <laughs> um, I've done circus aerials for nine years now. Um, and yeah, to me, it's so important to, to develop a bulletproof mindset and body as well. Uh, and I get both of those things through training. You know, that's something that's so important. It's an absolute priority in my life is health and training. Um, and animals, you know, yeah. love animals. Um, actually, one of the things that happened was I was on the way to complete a challenge and ended up uh, seeing these people with screens uh, in the middle of the city and you know, it's, it's animal cruelty. It's what's yeah. happening in our industry here. And usually I turn away because I'm just so – I can't handle that kind of thing. It's so awful to watch. Yeah. So, so painful. But I watched it this time and, yes, I broke down and I cried and I was a big mess in public and that was embarrassing. Uh, but it actually – I converted on the spot to becoming vegan. So it was on the way to wow. completing a challenge where I just went, okay, I'm, I can't do this anymore. I'm not contributing and I've now been vegan ever since. And it's not it's a non issue now for me. It's just like automatic, you know. It's and just part of who you are. Yeah. And that was something that happened on the side of the growth zone, you know? And and so yeah, I, I absolutely am super passionate about animals and um yeah, and psychology, obviously, it's mm. probably quite obvious <laughs> after this conversation. But just people in general, connecting mm. with people and I've, especially this year, uh, you know, mm. being COVID times, uh, really, really understood the power of connection and how important it is to have good people around mm. in your life. And, um, and I'm so incredibly grateful for the friends that I have in my life. And I think I've intellectually always known what gratitude is. And yeah, I'm grateful for this and that mm. and my health and, you know, but I now feel it like on, on a completely new level. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super grateful for friends. And and it's not something that I've ever really thought I would hear myself say, uh, you know, what I love the shit out of and think family and friends. Mm. It's not something that I, I've heard many other people say it, but it's only been this year where I've discovered that's actually really true for me. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on the challenges and the growth zone but also you know talking about things like rejection and the baby steps that people can take to overcome their fears I'm already thinking about a few <gasps> things maybe I could do I, I mean the it. heights one is from the get-go when you mentioned that I was like well I am scared of heights but why mm -hmm. so maybe um we can you know offline talk about I that I love yeah, to just dig a little deeper. that a little bit mm -hmm. yeah but thank you again for sharing all your wisdom um on the podcast today Haley. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure.